1: Welcome to the midside, where we never have leaks because we're always irrelevant. I'm your host, Justin Emozniewski, and I retroactively and proactively denounce anything anyone ever has said or will say on this show. Including my pronunciation of my name right there. That was terrible. I don't know why that happened like that. But that's why I don't get mad when people can't pronounce my name correctly, because even I can't do so. Alright, let's bring in my co-host here. Joining me this trip... From Dale's Lawn, identifying as a woman to forgo his white male gay privilege, William Green. Hello, hello! Yeah, today's a, today's a travel day, I get to go up to Northern
0: California, and um, the uh, dogs are going to have to do without me a couple days.
1: I, got, I, I don't got... know, you were explaining your plans to me pre-show, and... We might have to uh, cancel you from the show because you are building an empire. <laughs> uh, yeah, I might be, uh, might be, uh,
0: soon be a one of the one uh, percent of Durand, Michigan, uh, 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 people who were born in Durand, Michigan. So, uh, slowly, slowly but surely, we uh, we may be expanding this year. I'm hoping to get two more stores this year. We're trying to try to find some spots for them.
1: Uh, your statement there was funny because uh, the way you framed it makes it sound like 99% of the people who were born where you were born are going to die.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's going to be like The Purge. Everyone who doesn't own a Jersey Mike's and grew up in Duran, Michigan, must die.
1: Yeah, I was like, what What are you trying to tell us right now, Thanos? <laughs> like, do you have some sort of plan or something? <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I have a plan. Open, uh, open a couple more stores, So. Trying to trying to find some spots and gonna go up and uh, uh, checking on the on the store. It's been it's been a month or two, so uh, it's gonna be gonna be a lot of fun. All
1: right. Well, while you are trying to make a lot of money, there's some crazy stuff going on in the world this week. Hopefully, you're able to pay attention to it. Uh, some interesting stuff with the governments of both the state and federal levels. Uh, and actually perhaps international law With our first story I don't know We'll talk about it In Life on the Midside Take a good look around This life really sucks No we just complain I hope that this line comes on Everyone, Cause two. As always, if you'd like to support the show, you can do so through Patreon or Locals. Patreon is per episode. Locals is per month. That's themidside.com slash Patreon or themidside.com slash Locals. We accept any and all support, including affirmations or even just just say hi at this point just say hi some people have joined the discord and not said anything which i found interesting i guess they just really want that content so maybe i'll start using discord like social media and start posting random thoughts and things we shall see although perhaps i should have saved that plug for the next segment but eh the world's crazy right now so what does it matter who needs structure marvel that's 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 foreshadowing the next um the next segment, the art segment. But first, William, I want to talk to you about something that I saw that I think is an interesting moral question that was a news story this week. And people might not think this is very farcical. So they might not have thought, hey, they're going to talk about this on the mid side. But when I see a picture of an ancient Roman bust held in a car via seatbelts, I can't think of things that are much more farcical. So Apparently, in 2018, an art collector named Laura Young was shopping at a Goodwill store in Austin, and she bought a, a bust, a bust. For those people who are unfamiliar, it's like only the head of a statue, and it's on. Like think of if you've ever been to the the Haunted Mansion when and they go you go through the part where they're singing in the graveyard. Those are busts, right? So there's there's a face, and over the pa- the next couple of years, she kept bringing it to art experts. To figure out what its origin was and where it comes from, right, and you know how much exactly it's worth and all those things. And through the use of consultants, she found out the sculpture is from late first century BC to early first century AD. Uh, it the, there's a museum, a German museum, which believes it depicts the son of Pompey the Great, who was defeated in civil war by Julius Caesar. Well, the while, quote, unquote, the art newspaper report, the bus is believed to depict Roman commander Drusus Germanicus. And then uh, this news article, it's a USA Today article continues. The bus had belonged to King Ludwig I of Bavaria, who lived from 1786 to 1868 and was part of a full scale model he built of a house from Pompeii called the. And I can't pronounce any of these words. Pompa in Ashev. Aschenfenberg, Germany. All the European listeners right now are like, what's with this white guy from America? Can't even speak The German. model stood for nearly 200 years, but during World War II, it was severely do- damaged by Allied bombers. So as it goes, what they believe is that a U.S. soldier took this bust and uh, brought it to Texas, and then that's how it ended up in the Goodwill store in Texas. And now... Uh, the statue is back, right? And it says, as part of an agreement with Bavarian administration of state-owned palaces, gardens, and lakes, the Roman bus will be on display at the San Antonio Museum of Art from now until May 21st, 2023. Afterwards, it will finally return to Germany. Now, this is where my question comes in, William. Because yeah. when I think of things, and I think of like intellectual pro- private property, right? So you look at, like, Mickey Mouse. Recently, Disney did a a redesign of Mickey Mouse. They did a whole new ride. They're doing new cartoons because intellectual property had come up on Mickey Mouse, right? And there are other, you know, works of art that are in the public domain, books and things, right? Now, when we look at what happened with this statue... Is there enough of ownership chain to force this woman to give this statue back? So those are sort of my two questions, William, that I want to know what you think of, because I am undecided. I don't know what the answer is here. One, was this woman morally obligated to give this statue back? You know, if she had decided, I'm not going to tell anyone about this and just keep this. Would this have been morally wrong? Because remember, this only happened because she investigated it. And then they were like, oh, by the way, we're going to take that back. And like Indiana Jones, she said it belongs in a museum. And then the other question I have is, is this immoral that they took the statue from her? Now, ultimately, it's only $35. And my question is, did they compensate her the $35 or did she just pay $35 to rent it for three years? But I wonder what the morality is here. What do you think of all this, William? Am I insane for thinking this is even a moral question? <laughs> I think you're you're you've you've got to go deeper, Justin. You need to ask why
0: does Germany get it and not Italy?
1: That okay. You exactly was what I was thinking as well. Didn't yeah. Germany steal it from Italy? Yeah, yeah. That's I think that's so the that question Germany's answers claim... your both your questions. Come on now, it's brilliant. Right. Why is Germany's claim greater than America's claim?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's true. Uh, Germany was defeated in a war. These are all so dec- the all all questions that answer your question with uh, more absurdity. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I like I I, I hope she got paid more than thirty five dollars. That seems like a like a crock of shit to me. I mean, it it is sort of like a you found a treasure. The uh, and if the museum wants it back, they should have to pay. And even if you want to like. Even if you want to put it in a museum, I can say that's your desire, uh I think it would still belong to her maybe i'm a maybe I'm a finder's keeper sort of dude, but that's that's what it feels like to me.
1: well, the issue William, that is raised so brilliantly by your question about Italy is the issue of time. and what I mean by that is we don't have complete finders keepers in our country, correct? There is law that if you buy stolen property, the stolen property can be returned to the person.
0: Yeah.
1: But again, that's only if you report it as stolen or somehow the police learn somebody stole it and track it down, right? You can buy something stolen and never know it's stolen, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Which would have been the case if she never said anything. So my question is, where is the element of time here? Because to me, this goes directly to the projects that are going on what is it the 1619 project do i have that backwards no i think you're those right those numbers something like that these projects that are saying how much do we to return the land and what i mean by that if we use this principle how do we decide who owns what land and we give it back to that how do we, we make everything, the Native everything American the have run?
0: ownership so we don't no one will own the land
1: Well, yes, but you understand the principle I'm talking about, right? Like, I agree with you completely about the land. We can answer that question very concretely, right? Because there was no proof. But my point being, original ownership of everything. You know, this is where we start talking about appropriation of ideas and things like that. We can't apply this principle, can we? Yeah, we
0: can go back to this first uh, single-celled organism and say that the land belongs to that organism. And uh, I guess...
1: Yeah. I, right. I, and all property since that. How do we track uh, yeah. it? Because everything comes from something. Right. What yeah. about the You You talked about that. Uh, the Romans, Italians should have this. But what about the where did the materials come from? Where did they get that from?
0: Oh, man. Now yeah, that's true. Might, might have been from some slaves somewhere in Italy or or even from Africa. Right.
1: Right. And did they talk about who sculpted this? Because maybe we should track down the family of the sculptor and ask them if they want to own it. Nah, they're probably that the... white <laughs> Well right that's the other thing This is a white lady right so what if it wasn't a yeah. white lady Who bought this
0: I don't know <laughs> Well you said it's in Austin right Yeah I'll be there in a few weeks uh, So maybe I should go uh, go report live from next to the statue and, uh, and
1: uh, Well the it pictures. says the statue right now is in San Antonio But Laura Young lives in Austin So maybe you could interview her and oh, okay. ask what she okay. thinks about this. Yeah. Ask her why she returned it. And and how much did she know, get for it? Did she get her $35 yeah, how, back? That, that would be what I would like to know. Did she ask for her $35 back? Because I get why she did the research at that point. Right? I get why she wanted to know where it came from. I would too. I'd be like, hey, this looks pretty fancy. Does it come yeah. from somewhere? Yeah. Like, is but this from a movie? Go, <laughs> right. Exactly. But then when they go to you and they say, hey, we need that back. Do they just demand it back? Like, that's what I would like to know. Did they just demand this back from her? Like, you got to give that back or it's illegal. Like, could she have been imprisoned for it if she refused to give it back? I don't know. Maybe if she went to Germany. <laughs> um, yeah, if she went to Germany. But remember when somebody caught what seemed like Tom Brady's final touchdown pass and mm-hmm. he had negotiating rights? Did she have negotiating rights?
0: I don't know. Good question. These are all questions I can answer.
1: Yeah, so maybe you can try and get an interview with Laura Young. You can try and record it on your phone. That would be interesting. All right. William uh, in the field. Okay, so the next story I want to talk to you about, William, is the ever-growing myth that Florida hates gay people. Now, I'm talking about, of course, we discussed on this show the quote-unquote don't-say-gay bill, which is actually called the parental rights and education bill, and we kind of debunked a lot of the myths around that. Well, the media caught on to a story this week, and the article I have here is, and I put it in the Discord, Cape Coral art teacher fired for discussing LGBTQ topics. And I'm going to sort of take contention with that characterization of it. So what happened was a Cape Coral middle school teacher claimed she was fired because she spoke with her students about sexuality. So there was this art teacher who's a first-year teacher, And I'm not going to say her name because I don't want to. This isn't about the person, right? This is about the decisions that were made both by the person and by the school. It's not about the overall person in her life. Uh, So they asked her about her sexuality. And then as an art teacher, she had them draw flags of their sexualities, you know, and she said many of the students identified as non-binary, bisexual, and gay. So different flags for that. And then she took them. And, oh, sorry, I just found something here I want to say. She identified as pansexual, and she told her students, quote, I like anyone despite male, female, non-binary, transgender. And also, she didn't say this, but the article says she's married to a man. And... Uh, Students were asked her students asked her if they could create art expressing their sexuality. But then she took it and she hung the pictures on her classroom door. And of course, that's what school personnel contacted her about. Now, of course, William, they're not saying they're firing her over sexuality. There were complaints from parents and they're saying she didn't follow the curriculum. And that is why she is being fired. Now before I sort of give any opinions on any of this, what is your immediate reaction to this? Is this an example of Florida saying you can't say gay? or is there more going on here that this article isn't touching on?
0: I uh, uh, spoiler, I think there's more going on because uh, I'm not sure like how how this comes up in casual conversations. Especially well, I if, will you're, if you're married to a man, if you're, if you're a, a presumable, presumable woman, presumed woman and married to a man, how does your pansexuality come up casually?
1: Right. So what I will say from experience is these conversations can come up, but they're very easy to diffuse and avoid because they're irrelevant. So I just in passing made comment to my wife once and a girl randomly said, wife, I thought you were gay. And I just didn't say anything because it was irrelevant. And we moved on with the conversation, right? Because what does that matter that some person thinks that, you know what I mean? So I think that a large thing that's going on here is this is a teacher putting her issues out in the classroom because she's not comfortable with herself. Because as you just said, William, let's not even talk about the classroom right now. Okay, let's say you're pansexual, which... I don't even want to discuss the validity of that concept or not. Well, let's accept it and say you are. Why does it matter if you're married to a man? Haven't you made a commitment to that man that that is who you are going to express your attraction towards for the remainder of your marriage? Well, so why does it matter? if you're polysexual, poly, right?
0: Unless you're polysexual, but yeah. Okay.
1: That's but it's a so part of who you
0: are, Justin. It's, 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 it's an identity. Like you're supposed but to presumably you know, wear it are. like a, like a, like a fashionable coat
1: and then remove it later. Okay, I'm going to respond to that in a second, but I wanted to, to finish something else. Presumably you are not poly with anyone in the classroom if you're in a middle school teacher, correct? I think
0: that might be the fear of some conservatives that you that you might be, but yeah, presumably not.
1: Right, so it should be irrelevant. But um, what was the... was the point you just made that I was going to reply to? I completely forgot it. I'm sorry. Oh,
0: you're supposed to
1: um, you're supposed to... uh, Oh, yeah, it's your identity.
0: uh, Yeah, your identity, you're supposed to wear uh, wear it like a fashionable coat.
1: Right. Well, and that's that's probably the deeper issue here, right? When... And this is something we didn't talk about with the bill to begin with, right? Because the bill was saying, like, you know, third graders and below, you can't teach about sexuality, right? Which makes sense. But to people like this, you're... Sexuality and all of the different pieces of your identity are always relevant, no matter what you're teaching. You can't separate the two. Whereas, myself, as a teacher in Florida, I go out of my way to tell students it doesn't matter what I think, it matters what you think. And I will tell you that these are the ideas, and I will say that there are valid arguments on either side. You have to decide which arguments are sound. But it's not something that has to come up all the time. And also, William, this perspective that you just said, that it's literally a flag you have to fly. Like, think about that. Yeah. yeah. They made flags, right? Because it's a flag you have to fly. It's your identity. Then she had to put them on the door. Why did you have to do any number of those things? You could have had the conversation with the kids, and I bet nothing would have happened. You could have had them draw the flags, and I bet nothing would have happened. If you told them to keep them for themselves, but the fact that you had to put it on the door, what happened William to not exposing people that it's their, their journey to come out that they decide when they come out, but she's going to fly everyone else's flags for them. And think of how that even sounds. It's literally what she was doing. Isn't the problem here that not only did she have to talk about it, but she had to broadcast it. And yeah. That's what's it's almost like it's, a, it's a, an
0: accomplishment. Look at how virtuous my class is. Look at how right. indoctrinated they are.
1: Right. Now, they wouldn't say indoctrinated, but they would definitely say virtuous.
0: Yep, yeah. It's like uh it's like making some sort of Jesus craft at Sunday school.
1: Right. And then also one one other thing I want to touch on about this William, is this is her first year teaching. She has not established herself enough and gained the trust of the administration and the community in order to take risks like this and have it be trusted somebody's going to see this and immediately think negative things about it cuz they don't know who she is she's an unknown quantity
0: yeah it's a uh, so,
1: it's, uh, it's, it's
0: it's i didn't even uh, get the part where she was a first year Student, I mean, aren't you like in some sort of, sort of probation period um, towards the beginning of your career, like that as a teacher?
1: Yes. So in here, it, it even says the the teachers union of Lee County explained that Lee, Scott could be legally fired, and he confirms you did not belong to the teachers union. During that probationary period, they can let you go without cause," said the leaders of the teachers union. Right. So they can let you go without cause, because for the first three years, William, you're on a temporary certificate and then you have to earn your permanent certificate, which actually has to be renewed every five years by doing a certain amount of at school training over those five years. Get to earn a certain amount of points for those for it to be um, renewed after five years. But yes, you're on a probationary period. They even evaluate your classroom more. You're observed more often over those first three years. I myself am finally getting out of those three years. Right? I, I just got my permanent certificate, and so next year's my first year on my permanent. So there's much more trust in me.
0: Ah, so you're going to be converting them all to uh, Patriots fans.
1: Yeah, they laugh at me. I already try and do that. Yeah, <laughs> Whenever I bring up Tom Brady to my classroom or the the girls wrestling team, they all already laugh at me. So that's not happening. I found out one of the girls wrestlers, her family, is from Boston, and so oh. she's a Patriots fan, and she wasn't even saying anything. That's how little they want, people want to be associated with Tom Brady like that. Wow. And this is near Tampa fans. So, I mean, let's let's end with this, right? Crystal Sizicon is an LGBT advocate and said her concern is for the mental health of the transgender non binary students who are in Mrs. Scott's classes. Now, before Wait, I even all read all the hundreds point, of them? The hundreds right. and hundreds of them? My God. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's <laughs> exactly what I was going to say. It's We've talked about this before in the show. How many transgender non-binary students are in her classes? Statistically. Right? But let's read the quote here. I would like to see a statement from the school board recognizing that they have to have a mental health counselor come in and speak with the children impacted by their actions toward this teacher. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that?
0: Uh, okay. I I I think you you said LGB uh two, which uh I think it might TQ. be LGBTQIA two. Cause we got I can't forget the two spirit. Um, I don't know. This is this, uh, why. Why did they pick this story? I mean, if this is the kinds of stories that are going to be the results, uh, the catastrophe result results of the uh, of the parental rights bill, then um, okay, I, I guess I'm okay with it. Um, it, there, it I feel like they will use any concrete and then shape it and present it as such to be the worst kind of uh, thing. So I just I can't trust any of these spokesmen. Uh, at all. They're completely disingenuous.
1: Yeah, that that's the problem with all of this is it's like you said uh, and this this is part of what I've been saying overall if you remember about what I call the quote-unquote conspiracy of Florida, man, where Florida is con- routinely and continually misportrayed in the media to make it seem like freedom necessarily leads to you know the negative version of anarchy where everything is chaos and everyone is stupid and self-destructive and insane. And this is an example of that where they find one minuscule thing where I think it's clear, William, and tell me if you disagree, that this teacher was not being focused on the students learning, but focused on the students believing what she wanted them to believe.
0: Yeah, she was proselytizing, not, um, you know, teaching.
1: Right. Right. And because of that, this is what it resulted in especially, you know, we, given the context of her being a first-year teacher, but this is being used to become a, you know, a gender issue, a sexuality issue. It's, it's used to show that Florida says you can't say gay, where, you know, that's not the case at all. I've, I gave an example where someone said gay in my classroom where I was called gay and we just moved on because it didn't matter or not. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so let's talk about... Probably the thing everyone is expecting us to talk about. There was a leak in the Supreme Court this week. And what I mean by that is there is a Supreme Court case that is pending. It is Dobbs versus Jackson's Women's Health Organization in Mississippi. And what happened in Mississippi was they banned most abortion operations after the first 15 weeks of pregnancy. So they called it the gestation period this was in 2018. They said the first 15 weeks were the gestation period. And then after that, it was a baby. It was a child. So you can't have an abortion. So, of course, the only abortion clinic in the state sued Jackson Women's Health Organization saying, you know, it's illegal. It's unconstitutional. And this has gone all the way to the Supreme Court. And this case was heard in January. Oh, no. Sorry. I apologize. The case was heard on December 1st, 2021. I apologize. And it's taken this long to release the final decision, as is is typical. Uh, It's expected by late June or early July. And during that time period, that's when the the lead justice of the majority side writes the decision. And then the other justices look it over And then they decide the final draft and they release the final decision. So, of course, when this happens, whenever there's a decision, just think about how it works logistically, especially in government with so many bureaucrats. These documents get in a bunch of hands. So there's a lot of trust put into all of the different people who work in these for these different judges, all the clerks and all the other sort of employees. This week, Politico obtained a copy of the initial draft of the decision, and it caused a firestorm. It caused a firestorm, William, because what's one thing we love to talk about in this country and not actually have a rational, real conversation? Abortion.
0: Uh, I was going to say God, uh, taxes, (laughs) war.
1: Any number of things, but this one was abortion. okay. So do we, William? Before we talk about this um, event, do we need to talk about abortion in Roe v. Wade?
0: Uh, maybe only to say that it's terrible law. <clears throat> it's a, uh, it's not a good argument. It's a uh, very shaky ground. And you uh, say Roe v. Wade is, dumb. yeah, the, the actual decision. Yeah, it, it's uh it's just absolutely horrific ruling. Really. Um, that it was. Not only did they make up that something was in the Constitution and stretched it to uh, kind of go back towards privacy rights, uh, it they then, instead of saying, hey, you know, the legislature, go figure out, you know, how to
1: fix this, they just made up some rules. Right. And on the other hand, it's not like the actual opinion being rendered here uh, is great either right it's not great legal no. argument either which is part of the problem we're having an argument about you know freedom which is not being well argued yeah um, well well what,
0: what what how would you describe the uh, what's the legal problems with the uh, with the
1: draft that we that we've all uh, that's been uh, leaked quote unquote so I will read two relevant paragraphs uh, midsider co-host Daniel shared two relevant paragraphs for us. I'm going to read those. Uh, I don't necessarily want to act like I'm a legal expert here, but what he's saying, and this is, I'm going to read a quote from him. It's in the Scalia tradition of refusing to protect rights at the national level that aren't explicitly protected in the constitution. So I'm going to read a couple of the paragraphs here. We hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. The constitution makes no reference to abortion And no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision, including the one on which the defenders of Roe and Casey now chiefly rely, the Due Processes Clause of the 14th Amendment. That provision has been held to guarantee some rights that are not mentioned in the Constitution, but any right must be deeply rooted in this nation's history and tradition and implicit in the concept of ordered liberty. And then it references... Washington versus Glucksburg. And then moving forward here. Roe was a Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. Its reasoning was exceptionally weak and the decisions and the decision has had damaging consequences. And far from bringing about a national settlement of the abortion issue, Roe and Casey have inflamed debate and deepened division. It is time to heed the constitution and return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives. The permissibility of abortion and the limitations upon it are to be resolved like most important questions in our democracy by citizens trying to persuade one another and then voting. And it looks like they were quoting Scalia there. This is what the constitution and rule of law demand. Now, it seems to me that a lot of this is based on the 10th Amendment. The 10th Amendment is, of course, a saying each state retains its sovereignty, freedom, and independence and every power, jurisdiction, and right, which is not by this confederation expressly dedicated, delegated to the United States in Congress assembled. So this is largely known as the state's right amendment. But I think what is ignored here, William, is the ninth amendment the enumeration in the constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage other rights retained by the people. Yeah. And what that means is even though there is not an explicit right to abortion in the constitution, there is not an explicit right to a lot of things in the constitution. I was going to say everything, but a lot of things in the constitution that does not mean you don't have a right to it because I think what is often forgotten here, and perhaps this is a weakness of the constitution itself is our country is founded on the idea, the Lockean idea of natural rights. And I don't think any of this is addressed in any of the argumentation we're seeing about abortion.
0: Yeah. I don't know. This seems like, uh, like like you just described, it's it's one, it's the first draft. It seems like uh, it doesn't, it's not the soundest legal uh, document. I um, I know, the reaction has been the real story here. I mean, you've got like, right. Uh, you know, Senator Gillibrand saying, uh, that Kavanaugh and I don't know who some other justice, uh, was clearly lying when they talked about how, how, uh, sacred precedence is if this decision is, is passing. Um, how dare they lie to the Senate? Um, you can't bargain your way into court. I think is what she said. Um, and then just the, uh, the, the Justin. There was a protest in Los Angeles over the draft, not as in the draft, like the military draft, over this draft decision, and there was violence there.
1: Well, right. That's in the Los Angeles. Story to me
0: here. Good. I was going to say in Los Angeles. Why? why was it the riots in Texas?
1: Yeah, because that's that's who's who's leading this 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 culture. This is a change in our culture. And what I was saying is, this is the greater story here. The protests are a prime example of what's wrong here. We can talk about abortion all day, right? We can talk about our opinions on it. We can talk about whether it should be legal or not, right? But that's not what's at stake here. There is something greater at stake here, William, which abortion being legal or not is a consequence of what's at stake here. Because the people who are out here protesting, and presumably the the person who leaked this draft, if they had their way, they'd have a lot of rights taken away, perhaps abortion, because why would government want to be involved with abortion, William? Because they can control who's born and who's not. We really want to we really want to go down that route. We really want to go down that route. But that's what's going on here. There are people by simply by the virtue of simply leaking this opinion are saying Certain opinions deserve to be respected and certain opinions do not. And that we are going to protest simply by the expression of an opinion we don't like or, an, or the, the, legal, the legal action upon an opinion we don't like. Perhaps you don't like that Roe v. Wade's being taken away. Although you can hold the position, as I know William does, that Roe v. Wade is bad law, but abortion shouldn't be illegal. Right, you can hold that position. You may not like that Roe v. Wade's being taken away, but that doesn't mean there's a right to leak the document. That doesn't mean that the the process wasn't followed to get to this point. Am I wrong, William?
0: Yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, it, it's I like like I like I was just trying to trying to uh, put put to words here. I don't this this feels like more uh, the Supreme Court getting the issue of abortion or trying to get the issue of abortion out of the Supreme Court's uh, purview. Every nominee has to deal with abortion. Right? Uh, and how are we ever... like? I, I could see the appeal here of trying to say, well, let's just put it at the state level and then we don't have to worry about it anymore. Uh, I don't know that it's going to work, but it's... Uh, it it's a it's interesting because, you know, gay marriage was sort of that for a little while. Uh one of those cultural issues that just wouldn't go away. But ever since Roe v. Wade, this has been a constant topic of political uh political debate. It's it's just a wedge issue that won't go away. And is talked about in such a way that uh it cannot it cannot be anything other than an us or them. It can't be anything other than uh, a uh, you know you're completely evil if you hold hold the wrong opinion. Um, it's just a very polarizing a uh, thing and there are some people even to this day that, that that's the single issue that they they that they care about
1: well it it ironically everything you just said sort of links to the other two stories and other two events we talked about this episode. Um, The idea that everything is public, nothing is private anymore. You know, why do these kids and these teachers need to talk about their sexuality? Why is that something that's relevant for the classroom? And the idea of, you know, what's what's historical tradition, what's historical precedent and who does what belong to? Why can't you just keep anything in your house and not worry about, you know, who belongs to and anyone else having business with it? Right. With the statue. And to this point. Midsider Josh in the in the Discord, uh, th- I think this was where you got the LGBTQ2 thing. I didn't even know the number two was part of this. William, by the way, he well, in Canada story- they have
0: Two Spirit. We don't really have that as much here.
1: Oh, so that's why this is a Canadian uh, news article. So that's why. Apparently, in Canada, they're saying that this is uh going to affect abortion being banned which by the way this decision is not banning abortion to anyone out there who thinks it's banning it's not it's overturning Roe v Wade which are two different things right do we really think abortion is going to be banned in California william
0: i mean it could they could uh elect the uh bl- black face of white supremacy <laughs> and uh as governor Larry Elder. yeah yeah,
1: yeah. I suppose in that case yes. But no, the statistical odds of it not. But they're saying that this is going to disproportionately impact members of the LGBTQ2 community. And of this is course. what they're this is what Dr. Shannon Day, the dean of the Faculty of Arts at the University of Virginia. By the way, why are we quoting the dean of the Faculty of Arts on a discussion of law or science or morality? Now, I look, I believe art should be concerned with morality, right? But that's not the way we see it. Nowadays. So this is what she said. Abortion care is part of a wraparound sexual health education and care that is essential to the the being of LGBTQ2S plus people, whether they become pregnant or not. Limit that care and you imperil their well-being. I don't understand what this quote means. William, I don't understand. Isn't this what you were just saying, that they try to make anything about these issues?
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely. I mean... How many LGBTQ2IA people uh, are going to have an abortion in their lifetime? It's got to be less than half, right?
1: I don't know. I mean, there's a picture here in the story of a woman with somebody's writing on her her stomach and it's being written lesbians for abortion. I'm trying to think of like, you know, outside the case of like rape where a, a lesbian is raped by a man and gets impregnated. I'm trying to think of a case in which a lesbian would get pregnant and have an abortion. How dare you? Because I get could it. In the a, case it could be a trans, trans woman. Raped. could be a trans woman. Okay, now we see what we're talking about here. Okay. So that small percentile. Of I'm the identifying can,
0: as a woman. You don't think I can impregnate a, as, uh, a lesbian?
1: I guess you're right. I guess when definitions don't mean anything, it's going to affect everyone. That's right. Yep. All right. You've convinced me. I'm moving to Canada. Let's go. Oh,
0: man. You'd be two-spirited, both Tampa and Patriot fan, at the same time.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't like... Don't, maybe we can have a whole two-spirited episode. I don't know. <laughs> All right, I'm not two-spirited, though, in regards to Marvel. So let's talk about that in The Hopeful Bromantic with... Damn Elf. Focused on... As always, if you'd like to continue the conversation with us during the week, you can do so by joining our Discord channel. We love to hear from you. We, as you just saw, we or as you just heard, I apologize. This is a audio medium. As you just heard, we just you know shared a story a listener shared in the Discord. So you can join the Discord by. Clicking on the midside.com or the midside dot com slash podcast, going to any episode, and within the episode there is a link for joining the discord. Go ahead and do that. We would love to hear from you. This week, William, I saw Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. And I saw it essentially for three reasons. What do you think those three reasons are?
0: Um sadism, masochism, and insanity.
1: Uh, well, the third one, no doubt. The third one is definitely true. The first two, no. So the other two reasons, well, the other three, because I didn't include insanity, because I thought that was a <laughs> given. But, um, one, uh, my wife wanted to see it. So I have an agreement with her that ah, we so don't just see movies I want to see. Right? Say it doesn't. Yes. That's why anyone gets married, right? <laughs> That's what we said, gay people. We said, why do you want to get married like the rest of us? you have it good. You have an excuse not to get married, but no, no. Um, yeah. So I guess you could say sadism. All right. The second was to avoid spoilers, right? Cause I wanted to be able to say, Hey, this cool random thing happened and see it on my own. And then the third was I like the science fiction concept of parallel universes. You know, when I think of parallel universes, what I always think of William do you remember that episode from Star Trek The Next Generation where Worf went to all the different parallel universes? Yeah, yeah. That's a great episode. Do you agree or disagree?
0: I do. I like that episode. Also, cool. right, one of my favorite, uh, you know, B- tier sci-fi series, Sliders,
1: right? Like yeah, oh, too. I love Sliders. I have all yeah. of it on DVD. I wish it would continue. I wish yeah. they, there were rumors of a reboot. I wish it would happen. Um, if you actually look at it, it's a pretty libertarian show. Because science fiction used to be very libertarian, uh, so Sliders is a great show, and those are the kind of the two templates that I want you to understand my sort of take and review of Doctor Strange. So I've been uh, experiencing, I've been experimenting with the app Letterbox recently where I ranked all the movies I saw in 2021 and put them in a list. And I ranked all the movies, um, all the movies I'm seeing in 2022. I've also ranked all of Zack Snyder's movies, all of M. Night Shyamalan's movies. And now as I see movies, I'm writing brief blurb reviews of them. So I'd like to read my blurb review on Letterboxd of Doctor Strange to let you all know sort of what I'm thinking about it. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness delivers on only one of the three promises in its title. Doctor Strange is indeed in this movie. Otherwise, the use of the multiverse concept is minimal, and the only madness that is present is Marvel's increasingly glaring refusal to dive into any thematic depth. My problem with this movie is twofold it's the two things I just said. One, William, it says Multiverse of Madness, right? would you expect three or four parallel universes or a whole shitload of them?
0: I, I would hope there would be many, many. I, I would hope that would be the focus, uh, you know, not just a, a plot device, but the, uh, you know, connected to the theme of the film.
1: And unfortunately it's only a couple. Now there is one scene where they start tumbling through and it's really cool visually where they, every like five seconds change and look different. Because they're in different universes. But on the the movie itself, they only go to three or four different universes. And they're not that interesting or unique. And this was a movie I was expecting to have like a shitload of random cameos. You get what I'm saying, William? Like, oh, here's like a random character from something you never would have expected to be in this. Like, here's Ted Danson from Cheers. Like, hopefully they wouldn't actually do that. But I just pulled something random out of my my head right now.
0: You get what I'm saying? It could be a bunch of uh, uh, fan service characters or small run comics or villains from, you know, from uh, from mainline comics that haven't been uh, put to film yet.
1: Right. Sort of like how Howard the Duck was in one of those cages in the uh, collector's uh, tower in Guardians of the Galaxy. Like that was a cool little reference. Right like or maybe the yeah, nin- they yeah. they see the ninja turtles or something right something random there was one universe where there was a set of characters and I don't want to spoil it that had that effect but that was the only time throughout the entire movie
0: I think I know which one you're talking about because isn't it isn't that person's voice in the preview
1: yeah so one of those I will spoil cuz it not only is that person's voice in the trailer but they show the side of his electric wheelchair which then spoils it. Yeah. Patrick Stewart as professor X is in this movie. And that was really, really cool. But I wanted more of that. Like I wanted like all the different iterations where Dr. Strange considers, right? Like what responsibility does he have here in keeping the multiverse in check? And what responsibility does he have as a superhero? Because remember, he's not the sorcerer Supreme anymore. And he's a superhero, and his whole character is like, what is the importance of my ego or not? Now, we've, I talked about in depth in the review of the first movie how the whole thing is anti ego. So, you know, he could have said, he could have gone the Spider Man route at the end of this movie and said, I have a great responsibility. But none of that was in this movie. In fact, you could argue that this movie was actually more about Wanda, where. She went through like pretty much a parallel of Tony Stark. And what I mean by that is in Endgame, Tony Stark had his kid and he was the only one who was happy and had a good life. And he had to give that up for the world to be safe. And it's the same thing here. Wanda, based upon whatever happened in the show, you know, WandaVision, wanted her kids back and she was willing to go across the multiverse to get them. But she had to be stopped in order for, I don't know, the the multiverse to be safe. I don't even know what on a grand scale was fixed here besides Wanda is no longer a problem. That that's that that situation was figured out. And I'm not gonna spoil how it was figured out. So I look, this is not This is not a very good movie. There's I would walkers give this, in the Barn and Lori's pregnant. Why'd you do the spoiler? Don't spoil that it, it's a bad movie. Uh, well,
0: I mean well, we did, because well, oh, I forgot the X-Men. Earlier.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I would give this, I wouldn't even give this a bro. This is just a, a no bro. I'm like, to tell you not, this, look, when you go to a Marvel movie, like, you know what you're getting, right? Like, some of the acting's fine. It's, you know, it's production values high. But this is nowhere near as good as Spider-Man No Way Home. And you know, I'm very critical of that movie because there's no creativity with Marvel anymore. They've gone so far in the other direction of mass produce, just putting stuff out there to get people in the seats without making it interesting, unique or worthwhile that this is what you're getting at this point. Oh, Also, one other thing I want to say, there's an entire character in this movie that's introduced and never explained and is a major character in the movie. And it's just confusing. I For the moment that the girl was introduced, I had no idea what was going on. In fact, I really had no idea what was going on in this movie from the beginning it just it's not well written at all okay that's a movie that came out let's talk about movies that are going to be coming out for trailer takedown i always put the trailers in the discord on the saturday or sunday before we record this is so that you can you know watch the trailers whenever you want maybe you listen to the whole episode and watch the trailers maybe you alternate we watch or you watch a trailer we talk about it you watch a trailer we talk about it Trailer Takedown First Trailer Weird Al, the Al Yankovic story stars Daniel Radcliffe and will be released only on the Roku channel. For those of you who don't know, and I actually have a question about this that perhaps William can answer, it seems like the Roku channel is only available if you have a Roku TV. Uh, William, can you access the Roku channel as someone who does not have a Roku TV? I don't no,
0: maybe there's an app on my Apple TV. I'm not sure, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I I don't know how to uh, how to get that. But hey, I'm gonna have to figure it out. Yeah, I think I'll, I think maybe my smart TV has the Roku app as well.
1: Right. So there's a question of that. So it'll be interesting to see what people uh, who don't have Roku could say. Because I have I have the Roku channel because I have Roku TVs because I like it because. It's just like a smartphone TV, right, where I can just click on any of these apps and watch. So I can watch this, and, like, I'm using it to watch old episodes of House, although they don't have—it's interesting, the rights to massive a teardrop by massive attack are not, like, uniformly across any syndication of the show House. So, it's like, it's a different instrumental for the opening theme. It's very strange. Anyway— That is strange. The, the point I'm making about this being on the Roku channel is, yeah, it's called Weird— But it just adds to the weirdness of this entire trailer. Uh, This was not interesting to me because it looked very sort of poorly made and cliche. And the only sort of thing that hints at something redeeming is the fact that Daniel Radcliffe is ripped. Like they show a scene where he's taking off his shirt and he's playing Weird Al and he's ripped. And Weird Al has never been ripped a day in his life, as far as I know, unless he was like Carrot Top secretly ripped. Now, this lends credence to the inference that midsider Cody made in the Discord. He says, seems like it might be a parody itself of biopics. I'm in. So he's going to watch it for this reason. While I would like to believe that is true, I don't see any other evidence that it could be that. Beyond that, that's what Weird Al does. He parodies these things. So until I see further, which I recognize, perhaps for this first teaser, they want it to seem like a straightforward Musical biopic because of all the ones that have come out recently. And there have been some great ones, right? Uh, The Elton John one was great. The Queen one was decent, right? So maybe they want it to seem straightforward. And then the next one, they're going to punch us. Or maybe they want everyone to watch it and then realize it's a parody. So I don't know. But as is from this trailer, it just looked terrible. So I can't say anything except based upon that, that I'm going to tackle. Tackle
0: yeah i i have to second that opinion um if this is a, a a a a you know parody a la this is spinal tap or something like that i think that would be a lot of fun um would be interested if uh, weird al puts out some new music um with this uh with this uh movie but um yeah ripped uh uh Daniel Ratcliffe is uh interesting to look at but i don't think uh I, that could hold my attention for a whole movie
1: so i will also tackle tackle second trailer crimes of the future is a david cronenberg picture starring vigo mortensen in it people seem to get surgery to change their appearance or grow new organs or new organs seem to grow in people i don't know i read the description and it seems to be about like how human evolution is happening at a faster rate now and like people's bodies are changing in real time. I didn't really understand this trailer. I thought it was grotesque. I mean, look, we're entering a stage and we'll see this with the final trailer too, where I think a lot of movies are going to have very high production value because as we've seen, the cost of making high concept movies has decreased dramatically. So a lot of people can do things like this and have it look great. This movie looks great. I can't fault anything about it from a technical aspect, but I have no idea what's going on. And this seems incredibly grotesque. It gave me no desire to watch this. It gave me a desire to say, uh, politely say, no, thank you. I don't want to be sick to my stomach. Tackle.
0: Ugh, tackle. Yeah. This seemed like, uh, some sort of, uh, impressionist cartoon involving body parts and, and eye candy. But kind of like whatever the gross version of eye candy would be. It, it, I don't know, man. Like this is so weird. And I guess, hey, experimental, new story, all that stuff. And, but yeah, I don't know. I, what, what what are we doing? What what are we saying? I have no idea. Tackle,
1: tackle. Third trailer. The Lost Girls is another adaptation of the Peter Pan story. With a somewhat interesting twist. I think a movie like this has a lot of potential. So this is about Wendy Darling's daughter. And I say the word darling because it actually leads into the final trailer. Interesting enough. But she. this is about Wendy Darling's daughter. And Peter Pan has visited the, the Darling family. And all the daughters in the Darling family when they're on the cusp of adulthood. For... Uh, Lifetimes, we'll say. It doesn't say how, how many years, but for lifetimes. And so Wendy is preparing her daughter to meet Peter Pan. And essentially the whole thing is, from the trailer, it says, you know, the love of a boy is not enough. And it shows Wendy gets married to a man, you know, not a boy. And she moved on. But then Peter talks to her and he's upset. She moved on and, you know, didn't stay a kid forever. He's like, promise me you would stay a kid forever. Uh, Later in the trailer, uh, Jorah from Game of Thrones, I believe that was his name, shows up and he's playing Captain Hook and he looks like he gives a tremendous performance. So I will say that I think there's a lot to like here. I think this is attacking this story from a creative new angle, especially when Hook says there's a lot of hook and pan and there's a lot of pan and hook. But that's also the warning sign that is the death nail for this trailer for me. This looks like as interesting as they've done everything. It's going to simply be a social justice movie. And for that reason at all. Even though there's a lot of stuff. I think is worthwhile in here and is creative. I think that creativity will go to waste. And I will not be able to watch it. I don't want to suffer through this. Tackle. Tackle.
0: See I don't think they've gone far enough. <clears throat> there should have been more Um, minorities and non-binary characters Uh, and then how dare they call them uh the lost uh uh, girls uh for that reason there's uh they haven't gone social justice enough justin tackle
1: tackle final trailer don't worry darling is director olivia wilde's second movie if you remember i absolutely hated her first movie book smart I thought it was absolutely terrible. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And I know that's going to anger a lot of Midsiders out there, but I didn't laugh once. And I thought it was just like, oh, we're going to take Super Bad and do a social justice version of it by putting two girls in that situation. And it just wasn't funny at all. Likewise, we're going to talk about social justice. Don't Worry, Darling takes everything that we saw in movies such as The Stepboard Wives and ups it up to infinity. Where it's sort of like stepward wise madmen except men are keeping women in oppression and not telling them everything. There's one there's one part of this movie that intellectually I just find really stupid. Uh, and I s somebody's probably gonna consider this comment offensive, I don't care. One of the narrative quotes, the narration, I don't even know which character is by, says something like, All men wanna do is, you know all men want us to do is be happy and, you know, keep the house clean, something like that. As if keeping the house, like if you told me all I had to do was sit home for eight hours a day and keep the house clean, that would be that difficult of a task. Now, people are going to say it's offensive because I'm belittling the difficulty of the task. No, I'm not belittling it, but I'm just saying like, there are much worse things you could be asked to do, right? And yes, being happy is a very difficult task. I don't think that's the exact quote, but you get the point I'm making. Now I will say again, like I said with the the Cronenberg movie, this movie technically it looks great, and this is I predict this movie is going to get a lot of Oscar nominations. It's uh, Oscar nomination. I said Oscar. It's going to get a lot. of, <laughs> We should call them the Oscars from now on. Uh, um, it's going to get a lot of Oscar nominations. It's going to get a lot of buzz. People are going to love this movie. They're just going to call it a revelation. And don't get me wrong, Florence Pugh is a great actress. I think there's going, to, there's going to be a lot that's going to be great about this movie, technically. But in service of what? And that's a question we need to start asking about our art. In service of what? Because I ask, what is this in service of? I can't see this going anywhere except just being a derivative more self-aggrandizing version of the stepford wives i have no desire to see this tackle tackle
0: yeah um i mean we're 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 eventually going to run out of these kinds of uh movies right where um there's there's all this uh crazy political message or um you know I, also I, I think it's a point our 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 perception of what makes it a high uh, uh, product uh, production value movie is going to change right this is just going to be expected and then we'll just look at things like the plots and the themes and and like you said say hey this this isn't really serving you know my life why why is why would I even bother with it um I don't know that it's beautiful people doing things. That's that, that, that was basically all all that I got out of the trailer. And, you know, there's other
1: movies I can watch that will uh, satisfy that. So I will tackle. Tackle. You know what that is, though, William? We both did four tackles. I wish we had sort That's of like right. alarm or something for that. <laughs> so we we need to pick which one of these four we would watch. Are, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, let me go first.
0: Well, uh, I think that... Uh, if I were forced to watch one of these, I would probably watch the Weird Al one only because I would hope that uh, that uh, it would be a parody. And uh, even if it wasn't, I could at least laugh at a couple of the songs. What about you, Justin?
1: You and I are of the same mind on this one, William. Uh, I would like to believe, and uh, I, I have a suspicion that Midsider Cody's parody theory is correct. So... I would watch the Weird Al one just to see if it's correct or not. And also, as you've said about laughing a couple times, I think Weird Al is generally benevolent. I haven't ever seen him do anything that's sort of malevolent or has the interpersonal hostility belief in it. So I think even if I don't love it, like anything I've seen of his, I'm just like, okay, that was affable, right? That w- that wasn't a complete waste of my time. Yeah. As far as yeah. the other three, I just think that I would just be angry and want to gouge my eyes out. Yeah. All right, that brings us to the end of our trip. What did we learn, William?
0: Oh, man. Uh, learned so much about uh, how production value is uh, kind of no longer valuable. If every, if every movie is going to be pretty, uh, then uh, then it's just going to be the Minmar. And we're, we'll actually have to judge a, a film based on its theme and, and plot. And, uh, and uh, it's a political message which I guess is what the the social justice folks have been doing all along. What about you, Justin?
1: Uh, I like what you said. So I'm just going to piggyback on it by making a pithy witticism. Okay. If you can't judge a book by its cover, you can't judge a movie by its cinematography. I'd like to thank you all for listening. If it wasn't for you, this would just be me talking into a mic in the corner of my closet I mean, it still is that you just make me feel a little bit less crazy. If you'd like me, make me feel even less crazy and support the show, you can do so through Patreon or Locals. That's the midside.com slash Patreon, the midside.com slash Locals. You can buy my book, The Cut, the midside.com slash The Cut, or you can go to the midside.com slash the store and buy any of the merch there. Uh, you know, and then you can tell a friend. Telling a friend is the best way to grow the show. This concludes your journey into the midside. I'm Justin Emelenski, reminding you that if things get tough, take a step back and witness the farce. Ladies and gentlemen, I am not a. D-
0: step on it, Justin. Even your drop stepped on the outro.